You are listening to episode nine of the Student Motivation Nation podcast. It's finally time for self-determination theory. Welcome to Student Motivation Nation, where we take psychological research out of the lab and into your classroom. And now your host, Melissa Feasting. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Student Motivation Nation podcast. This episode kicks off a new sort of set of episodes where we're going to be talking about motivation from a self-determination theory perspective. So in this episode, we'll be discussing what are the types of motivation. Self-determination theory talks about motivation, not just as motivation, hand-waving. You can't see my hand-waving, but motivation. But they talk about motivation as falling upon a spectrum and being qualitatively different depending on what the source or reason is for that motivation. All motivation is not created equal. As motivation becomes increasingly self or internally driven, the more likely it is to predict sustained effort, persistence, and performance. Now, the hands down absolute best motivation for your students to be experiencing is something you've probably heard of called intrinsic motivation. Now, intrinsic motivation is that drive that encourages your students to seek out challenges, to explore, and to learn just for the pure enjoyment of the process and for the learning. Intrinsic motivation is fundamentally a drive to do a task for the task's sake instead of because the task fulfills some other type of goal or purpose. In super scientific terms, when your students are intrinsically motivated, they are just simply digging it. Whatever it is they're doing, they're doing it because they're just digging it. Although intrinsic motivation is arguably the best and the data suggests that that is the best thing for your students to be experiencing, there are types of motivation that can also help your students persist and perform. Extrinsic motivation is broadly defined as the drive to persist or perform a task for the sake or purpose of a goal other than the task itself. But extrinsic motivation itself is a spectrum. And once again, it ranges on that spectrum from whether the reasons for pursuing a task are relatively internal and self-relevant or whether they're not really internal or self-relevant, whether they're super external. Extrinsic motivation at its most internal, I know it's a little confusing, but extrinsic motivation at its most self-driven can look very similar to intrinsic motivation in many ways, both empirically and in your classroom in front of your eyes. This sort of extrinsic motivation is often called integrated regulation, and it reflects your student's drive to do a task because it fulfills some other goal that they highly value. So for instance, a student exhibiting integrated motivation or regulation would exhibit um, this if they were motivated in your class, not for just the pure enjoyment of your material, but in order to get into college. They know that they have to succeed in your class to go to college and study something that they really, really love. And so succeeding in your class is tied strongly to them wanting to go and enjoy something else that they know that they love. You'll remember from our first four episodes that I discussed a lot how episodes one, two, three, and four actually talk about fostering this sort of integrated regulation 
by highlighting to your students how their learning in your class fulfills some type of goal that they really highly value. And episode four in particular is the episode where we talk about how to let your students have the room to come up with their own reasons for why they're learning in your class. Now, having this sort of integrated regulation, although not as effective as this intrinsic motivation, just this love for whatever it is you're doing for doing its sake, it can still really help your students persist and perform. Unfortunately, at its least effective, intrinsic motivation can exist for reasons entirely external to your students. For instance, students would exhibit extrinsic motivation if they complete homework in order to receive an external reward or avoid punishment or comply with strict rules. And by rewards, I mean something outside not relevant to the task. So this could be when I was in school, they used to give us pom-poms sometimes if we were doing well in school or a megaphone. This can also be candy. When we're talking about rewards, we're not talking about say, a verbal praise or something like that that's actually related to the task at hand. So for instance, when I'm talking about rewards, I'm talking about something that's completely not related to the task. So getting those prizes for good performance or participation, as opposed to, say, praise, say, good job on this, or a sticker that says, great job. Those aren't really external rewards as conceptualized because those actually have to do with the task at hand and are talking about how a person did on the task at hand. Now, all those students who are exhibiting extrinsic motivation, that is, they're motivated to get that pom-pom reward or that little prize or because they're really afraid of what can happen if they don't perform the consequences, might perform on the task and exhibit motivation, they're a lot less likely to persist on that task, and they're a lot less likely to perform well. So they may be going through the motions and this might get them moving. But fundamentally, this kind of extrinsic motivation is not going to be the type of motivation that gets them to persist and perform well and have adaptive motivation over time in your class. One cannot simply create intrinsic motivation, um, whether it's in your research participants or whether it's in your own students. However, social contexts and environments can either support intrinsic motivation or undermine it. And what I mean support it is that certain contexts can make it more likely for your students to experience that intrinsic motivation that's so important or even that integrated regulation that's so important. Also, context can make your students more likely to exhibit this extrinsic motivation that's not really adaptive for, for long-term academic goals. Now, I think this is where it's really important for me to point out a big, big caveat. So I'm obviously going to be talking about over the next over this episode and over the next few episodes, how you can structure your classroom environment to support um, your students integrated regulation or even better intrinsic motivation. But I think it's really important for me to point out that even though you can have somewhat of control over your classroom. One, there's going to be things that you simply can't really budge on. You can't control those things. And even more importantly, there's probably things going on in your students' lives that may either serve to support or undermine their intrinsic motivation. And you can't really do much about that. And so what we're going to focus on for this month is things that you may be able to control in your classroom. 
So for this week's teaching tweak, no matter what age of students that you teach, I implore you to think about, do you have any control over getting some of the rewards out of your classroom? If you're giving candy for good performance, you may want to consider not doing that. Or if you're giving some other prizes for good performance, you may want to consider not doing this. This can function to really work against your students' intrinsic motivation. They may still do the task, but it's actually taking away their overall interest and intrinsic motivation for the task. They're instead going to start fixating on that reward and long-term won't actually value whatever task that is, even if you can coax them into doing it with that reward. Now, if you have older students, I also encourage you to consider replacing, replacing those rewards and start giving more positive verbal feedback for good performance. Although positive verbal feedback might seem like a reward, when it's actually related to the task, it can help support your students' feelings of self-efficacy, and this can help sustain their intrinsic motivation for the task. And I think that's it for this week. You can find the show notes and all the citations for all this research and for this week's episode in the show notes at www.studentmotivationnation.com slash nine slash niner. Now, I want to give you a quick preview for what's coming up in the next few episodes, because I know this was more of a theory heavy episode, even though we do have that important teaching tweak of trying to get rewards out of your classroom. For the next three episodes, I'm going to be talking about the three core needs that research finds support intrinsic motivation. Basically, the next three episodes are about three important levers for supporting your students' intrinsic motivation in your classroom, getting them to be more likely to feel that joy for learning. So I hope you'll tune in next week. Although, let's be real, you're not tuning in. If you really like this episode, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with another awesome educator. That would really help me out, and I would really appreciate it. But either way, I hope you really have a lovely week, and I hope you get out there and educate and motivate. Check you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Student Motivation Nation podcast. You can find us on the web at www.studentmotivationnation.com. Hope to see you there.